I have no idea why I went on mute there, but good morning, everybody. Welcome to Security Squawk Podcast. I'm Brian Horning. We have Reginald Andre, Tech Rescue, uh, or no, Randy Bryan from Tech Rescue, and Reginald Andre from Arc Solvers. I'm Brian Horning with Exact IT Solutions, and this is the podcast where we talk about the business of cybersecurity. And before we get into anything, remember, share the show. That's the only fee that we ask of you. If you like what we're doing here, if you're educated in any way, please remember to share the show to your friends and family. That's how we grow. That's how we do more. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we today? I'm doing well, man. Uh, 82 degrees here. I had a t-shirt on a few minutes ago before this show started. Cute. Yeah. Did it get cold in, uh, up where you're from, Brian? I don't know. Did it? I don't know. You look a like a little chilly, a little chilly. I, I actually had to turn the heat on this morning. I usually can can get through that, but it was it was pretty it was pretty cold this morning. Yeah, we had to do that like last week. Our inside of our house got down to like 68, man. We thought we were going to die. Yeah, it was like my, my house was like 57 this morning. My family would revolt if I let it get that cold. <laughs> All right, so let me go. I'm going to click around on social media and do some crazy things to try to get more viewers into the into the show here. Uh, so what we're going to talk about today, right? We're going to talk about Sinclair Broadcast Group. Uh, they got hit with ransomware. Um, the feds are warning about Black Matter and their, you know, what they're up to um and who they are and what the problem is there and then we have um a, a, a nice article that was done by forbes on why ransomware may be a bigger problem i guess than most people think probably not the three of us because we talk about it all the time uh and then if we have some time we might talk about some treasury department statistics uh that are pretty eye-opening as well but we got a lot of data coming your way today based on these articles um, but the first thing we need to talk about, boys, is a Sinclair uh, broadcast group uh, had a little issue with some ransomware. Uh, and I'm going to pull up an article here. It's actually it actually made it over to ABC News. So it was like mainstream media stuff here. Um, Sinclair broadcast group here with ransomware. Um, and if you don't know what Sinclair broadcast group is, they own about 300 TV news stations across the country and provide local news services. And they were a victim of ransomware attack over the weekend. And they had to announce it in an SEC uh, filing on Monday. So what do we know about this, uh, this attack boys? And let's jump into it. Let's educate people. Well, they have servers that are ransomed um, that are basically encrypted that have a message on them to pay a ransom these guys have like 300 stations across the country. And the latest news is they don't know how bad it's affecting their business, if there's going to be interruption of business. So it sounds like they're they're just in the freaking out stage right now trying to figure out what's what exactly is going on. Yeah, it just happened about three days, October 16th, so just about three days ago. So um, I guess the only reason we're really hearing about it is because they had to do the filing um, to, to the SEC. The camera's still on me. Do I need to say something else? <laughs> no. <laughs> so let's talk about this, right? So 
did did they did did they have to shut down? Did they lose any broadcast time? What was the impact to their their businesses? So according to the report, it's saying that the event has caused and may continue to cause disruption to parts of the company businesses, including um, certain aspects of its provision of local advertisements. And um, they're still trying to restore operations quickly. So it does seem that internally it has caused some disruptions where uh, maybe perhaps their advertising department or, or systems aren't, aren't working normally. I bet you they have some of the um, some of the commercials running for their advertisers are probably stored on some of those computers. Um, I mean, I wouldn't know. I know some some stations still don't laugh, but some stations actually still use Betamax uh, for uh, their uh, for their commercials. It's actually true. I know it sounds funny and we thought Betamax was dead. Mm -hmm. um, some stations actually use that. So. I guess we're going to learn more about this and then, you know, does this, does this fall into critical infrastructure for you guys? I would say yes. It's, it's media, it's news. Yeah. And what happens when critical infrastructure gets attacked? Well, they shouldn't according to, uh, <laughs> according to, uh, you know, but what happens, right. You know, and then, and then the hack, Attackers get to choose whether or not, you know, it was, uh, it, it, it is actual critical infrastructure. Um, so Sinclair, so another interesting stat, since we're going to be jumping into a lot of stats. Um, last year, victims paid an estimated $350 million in ransoms, a 311 increase over the prior year, with the average payment exceeding 300000 So I think that's stats that we've already known about and covered here on this mm -hmm. podcast. Um, what else do we have to add about this? I mean, is this is kind of like ho hum, like this is just another ransomware attack because kind of that's what it feels like. Um, not not getting a lot. I mean, it is getting attention. It's on ABC News, but it's not. Um, we're not hearing about it like from the government. I guess that's maybe that's the weird part. Maybe I feel like the government should be more involved in something like this. Um, if it's going to affect people being able to get news and, and stuff like that. So um, what are your guys' thoughts? Well, for me, I think it's it's interesting here where it says the, not directly what you were talking about, Brian, but it said that the CISA director said that 90% of successful cyber attacks occur because of phishing emails. That's like a super, super high number. That if we could potentially stop these phishing emails from coming in 90% of the time that the attackers won't be able to get in, which goes back to user education. Yeah. And if you're looking for getting the most bang for your buck to start, like, where could I start protecting my business? I mean, that would be a really good place to start since so many of these ransomware attacks come from that. The crazy thing is that number they put out there for last year, um, and how that's that's even more this year. It's even higher. Although I do kind of I do kind of think it's funny the subtitle at the top that says there have been at least two major ransom uh, ransomware attacks in the U.S. this year. Yeah, there's been at least two. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if they proofread that subtitle or not. Sorry. 
There have been at least two. I mean, that, I mean it's a good sure. I mean, and I guess in our in our perspective, there's been a hell of a lot more than two. But I guess for this article's purposes and mainstream media, ABC News purposes, it's Colonial Pipeline, and and this, I guess, I don't know. Um, but then you have JBS Meat, you have Kaseya, you have the New Cooperative, um, which all rank up there in my opinion yeah uh as well so you know anything else you want to add to that because uh i'm going to move on if not nope that's all we got all right so next thing we want to jump into here kind of along the same lines because the who the who's the group behind the sinclair attack is it black matter or was it somebody else i'm not sure it mentioned them uh, dark side. Oh, but I don't know that, that, that that's who actually um, did it. Um, it just mentioned them later on down in the article. Uh, I think that was in reference to JBS. Right. So feds uh, are warning about this black matter ransomware group, and they're saying that they're poised to strike. Now, I don't know. Call me crazy, but I remember a few weeks ago saying that these these guys were – there's there was certain indicators that we were highlighting that say that these guys are going to strike hard come October, November because of the recruitment and the things that we were seeing on the dark web and the data um, and all the activity and chatter um, and the way that these guys were reorganizing um, made it very interesting to now hear from the FBI and CISA and NSA um, are basically reveal hallmark tactics of and share defense tips against a cyber criminal group that's picked up where its predecessor, Dark Side, left off. Um, so, Black Matter is kind of like an offshoot of of Dark Side. Um, when Dark Side went away um, after the Colonial Pipeline attack, then this Black Matter showed up, and a lot of the things that they say on the dark web, and a lot of the things that they do, and a lot of the things. Um, how they operate when they attack and, you know, after an attack and how they negotiate, pretty much everybody thinks it's the same group. So <clears throat> what's going on? What, from your perspective, um, what, what do you guys know about Black Matter? Um, and what are your thoughts on this? It's interesting. I think about three or four shows ago, we talked about how they were actually recruiting in their, you know, dark websites and things like that, how they were, it's kind of like an Indeed, where they're looking for programmers, they're looking for uh, call centers, like, you know, they're actually building all of this so that when they do the attack, they're kind of ready, kind of getting all their ducks in a row so that when they do these attacks, they'll be ready. So it's interesting that um, we're now seeing this. And of course, you know, like you said, you know, the holidays are coming up. Uh, Thanksgiving in November, then December, people are going to start to kind of slow down, start to travel more. And that's exactly, uh, you know, in my opinion, these things are going to start to happen. Yeah. So interesting. Um, according to this article, they, they like to use credential attacks. They like to use um, embedded compromised credentials that have been leaked. Um, to find their way around the network, to breach the network. And they are specifically saying um, that companies need to be um, basically taking uh, action against this, remediating this, because 
of the um, you know of the vulnerability um, and the risk of these guys doing this with um, credentials and things like that on on the network. They go into some detail on that too. So how do we stop these guys? How do we? How do? How do? What are some things that businesses can do? What are some things that they're recommending that you can do to make sure that these guys aren't successful? Maybe if they get into your network, maybe if they compromise a credential or an email account of your employee, what can you do? Like, what are some things that you can do to make their life more difficult? Because I guess the perspective everybody should have, and we can't assume that everyone does, is that there has to be usually two to three different failure points for a ransomware attack to go down. It usually isn't just one. Um, so, and there's a lot that goes into that, but the reality of it is, is that there's some things that if you're doing certain things and have layers to your defenses, um, you make it a lot harder for these guys to carry out and be successful on a ransomware attack. So what are some things that business owners can do to kind of thwart these guys from maybe deploying ransomware on their network? I would start with auditing all of your users. So if you have a server in an Active Directory environment, getting a list of all of the um, users that's there, seeing who's an administrator, do they have to be? Well, they really shouldn't have to be an administrator. They shouldn't have, the admin should be the administrator and everybody else, you would just give them certain uh, use cases. Um, Also, if you have anybody, any type of dormant accounts, uh, anybody that may have, retired or no longer working there, making sure that their account is disabled. And then the same thing with your Office 365 or your emails, just anything, just look at all of that list. And if there's anything that may seem that, why does this person have this type of access? Do they really need this access? Let's take them out. That's a great first step. Yeah. um, And to add to that, so like security 101, first thing you got to do is identify. And that's, that's what Andre's talking about is you know knowing all of your usernames all of your passwords getting rid of anything that you don't need and then also um you can add in multi-factor authentication so basically that way it takes more than just a username and a password to get stuff done and then also to kind of also go off of what of what andre said um look at the data in your network that's being shared like on a map drive or on your sharepoint and limit it to only be shared to the people that actually need it. So back in the day, the whole C drive was shared as, you know, C dollar sign, like getting getting rid of those kind of shares and only sharing specifically on an as needed basis. It's basically uh, almost like a zero trust, you know, only, only allowing those people to have access that need to have access. Um, and then they do mention a fi- the firewall. Sorry about that. They do mention the firewall of basically the same thing, only giving machines access to what they need and then limiting uh, other than that. Yeah, a lot of what you're saying is what network segmentation, right? And it's a, it's a big term used today in our, in our world. Um, and I don't think a lot of people know what it means, but you can segment things a lot of different ways. Um, but the important thing for business owners to know is that you're you really want to segment the critical assets from everything else. So, you know, you don't want, you know, your marketing person to 
download something and then wipe out your operations. Um, mm. Doing things smart from that perspective where you're limiting the access that that person has and what things that they can get to uh, make a lot of sense. And it's probably one of the top things that you can consider doing. Now, if you're sitting here going, I have no idea how to do that, then it's time to outsource that and at least have a security professional come in and at least have them uh, evaluate your network and tell you how you can segment your network best or things that you can do to improve your security um, or all services that somebody will come out and, and guide you on and, and help you with just a matter of finding that right IT person that you can trust and that, you know, has the credentials to give you the advice that's needed today because Dagnabbit, there's a lot of bad advice out there still. Um, and the other thing is, is that, <clears throat> you know, monitoring. Monitoring is very important. Um, they mention it here, traversal monitoring. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that, you know, that you're picking up on, on these guys being able to move from computer to computer. And they don't just, you know, it's not like they get from one point to another very easily or very quickly. There's a lot of different things that they're going to be trying behind the scenes to further their access over a period of time. And usually what we see is companies don't even bother to look for this kind of activity on their network or they don't know how. Um, and you could you, you got to understand that ransomware isn't deployed in a matter of minutes. Usually they're on your network for a, a significant period of time. And if you're doing all these things that are mentioned, you know, in this FBI release and the CISA uh, release, and the, I think the NSA was involved in this too, uh, you will be able to do the things that prevent, you know, these guys from getting further. You'll catch them while they're in the act. In most cases, um, I think a lot of people might have a misconception that these guys are very sneaky and they, and they move around very, you know, uh, covertly and you can't detect them. While the really, really good ones do because they're taking advantage of certain, certain vulnerabilities where we don't know about them so they can't be detected, the vast majority of these guys are taking advantage of known vulnerabilities, which <clears throat> you're patching for these things and you're looking for activity that is trying to exploit these things, you're usually going to find out that you have a criminal or someone nefarious on your network way before they deploy ransomware. So... Um, I don't know if you guys want to add anything to that, but, you know, that was my perspective from from reading this article. Um, and then if we jump into um, this Forbes article that we, we were kind of talking about in the green room um, and this ransomware may be bigger problem than suspected, according to a new report. Um, and there's a lot of pretty decent data in here. Um, it does say that it comes from a company called SpyCloud, um, but it says that 72% of the surveyed organizations were affected by ransomware in the past 12 months. Um, it doesn't really state off the bat. Um, they surveyed 250 IT professionals at organizations with at least 500 employees, right? So mid-market Right. And, and it's the funny thing, because I talk to a lot of these companies, I, these businesses, they come from the middle or enterprise level market and they think they have the best of the best. Yet 72 percent of them uh, 
affecting with ransomware in the last 12 months. And this was done in August of 2021. So thoughts about this, guys? You surprised to hear that, you know, <clears throat> almost 200 out of 250 companies got hit with ransomware in the past 12 months that have 500 or more employees. So we're talking about revenues, um, you know, well over 20. I mean, it's not surprising to me just because, I mean, if you look at the big picture, we've got a shortage of cybersecurity professional, professionals somewhere between 400 to 600,000, depending on who you ask. We've got a mind shift change from, you know, IT slash network administrator and, you know, person that resets your passwords. We have a mind shift change from that to where, you know, networks need to have security as their top priority. And a lot of the world hasn't caught up. I mean, we looked at a similar survey of hospitals, you know, a couple months ago in our show. And what was it like 66 percent or something crazy like that had had ransomware in the previous like six months. Yep. And then there were double digit numbers of of vulnerabilities that have been patched for years um, that they hadn't patched yet um, inside of their hospital networks. So it's really, I mean, we're kind of beating a dead horse in some ways, but the reality is it, this is literally um, gotta be a wake up call. Um, people are gonna lose their businesses and people are gonna lose their jobs if they don't start getting serious about this. You got me started. Yeah, but we talk about it all the time, but we're talking about different uh, surveys by different entities and they're all saying the same damn thing. Exactly. Right. So it's like, you know, you're serving, you're not serving the same 250 people more than likely, you know? And then the other thing is, is like, look at, look at these numbers. 13% of these knuckleheads were affected six to 10 times and 5% were affected more than 10 times. Mm -hmm. So you got ransomware 10 times. What? <laughs> what is that saying fool me once <laughs> shame on you fool me twice shame on me or something like that <laughs> andre what are your thoughts on this I, I find it surprising because when you look at like us smaller folks you know we're supporting businesses with 10 20 50 computers and things like that and here we are trying to do as much as we can thinking for me i think the bigger you get, the more your budget gets, the more resources your company has to prevent these type of things. So it kind of seems more like us, you know, us handling the smaller businesses. We're doing way more protection than these bigger guys that, um, you know, they didn't say who's who's on the survey. But these these companies that have IT directors, compliance, help desk support, engineers, like they have all of these layers, and here they are with these like statistics that sucks, like. Like, how can you have all of that resource and budget and, and still have these type of numbers? You would think it's the opposite. I, I agree 100% because, hold up, I'm, I'm just going to pull something up here. Why not? All right, so we got to stop that from playing. Come on, that's annoying. So anyway, um, I was I was interviewed in this Fox Business article, 
And I literally was quoted saying pretty much um, the same thing in that um, we can, <clears throat> we can, I don't know if this is the article, but right here, I said the quickest bang for your buck will come from the private sector bolstering and cybersecurity investments. Um, it's the low hanging fruit simply because most of the private sector is so far behind. Right. And these and the, they asked when I did this interview, they asked me, like, what like, what are you seeing? Like, what's going on like out there that makes you feel this way about businesses? And, you know, um, the reality of it is, is that the reason, you know, there's enough data like here in this article that we can sit there and say, like, look at look at the state of things and look at the size of these companies that are sharing this information. It's not a small business problem. Like obviously if the middle market, the companies who have the resources to do this stuff are simply just not doing it. It's, and there's really, you know, there's reasons and excuses out there. And I think that we hear just a lot of excuses because CEOs don't want to make the investment. And I'm going to call it an investment because it's not an expense when you need to do this stuff and your business relies on it. So, um, you know, it's just saying it just goes in here with surprising results, right? So this is a person who's not in the cybersecurity industry who's kind of writing this article. Um, and it just says the survey found that the majority of organizations that were questioned lacked the most basic forms of prevention. And that's just what I just said. Um, this is what we're seeing in the marketplace. They, they are not doing the basic stuff to protect their critical assets. So not only is this your data as a, as a customer of most of these businesses, but it's also their operations and how they run. So it could be like you rely on a service, right? We saw Facebook go down a few weeks ago. It wasn't because of a cyber attack, but you can see the vulnerabilities in these networks and these, and these systems that, you know, if one thing is broken or one thing goes down, then that can just blow out the whole operation. And then that might affect, you know, other businesses from being able to conduct business um, in a lot of different ways. So thoughts on this guys. I mean, there, there, there's, there's some things that people are used to doing that maybe they're comfortable with that are going to have to change. Um, I was pretty surprised in this article to read that the budget wasn't really the problem, um, which you know, I don't know how I feel about that, but according to this, the budget's not really the, really the problem. Um, but just taking the time to close, literally, it says closing the risky entry points before cyber criminals can infiltrate corporate networks. Um, it does go on to say, like we mentioned uh, on the, a couple articles ago when we were discussing, that people are the biggest barrier to effective uh, cyber uh, cybersecurity defense. And then also that phishing emails play a huge part in these things getting started. So once again, if you're looking to shore up your organization, um, obviously we believe in a top-down um, zero to 100 approach, but looking at the things you can protect right now, right away, 
um, looking into email security and also training of your people are huge, huge things you should do right away. So this is interesting in this article where they say that shoring up passwords and authentication is, you know, and it's very simple these days to shore this up, quite frankly. Um, and it basically says that organizations are, are lacking this. OK, right. So they're just, you know, 80, 81 percent of these people who were hacked consider their security to be above average or exceptional. And I think that's the disconnect. I think a lot of CEOs think that their IT comp their IT guy or the person that they have in charge of their IT has things handled and they don't ask questions. It's not hap these discussions are not happening in the C-suite. They just write a check, pay somebody to go take care of it for me. And I don't want to have to ask these hard questions or know the answers to these hard questions. Right. And, you know, it goes on to say, but only 41% or 41% didn't have password complexity requirements and only 55.6% have implemented multi-factor authentication. So just a little over half and God knows what multi-factor authentication actually means, right? You know, they could have implemented it on like one thing, not their Windows login, because they don't even know that you can do that, right? So, um, but they don't even have complex passwords on their on their Windows logins and, and things like that. So, um, thoughts on this, guys? You know, do, do you agree with me in, in, in the fact that enterprises probably think they're more secure than they actually are and they're not? getting the proper assessments uh, and information in front of them to actually see what their risk is. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the way these C-level executives are looking at it is when they look at their IT line item budget and see that they're spending with payroll and their tools and everything like that, they're spending $2 million, for example, on IT. They figure, oh, that's a good number. We're spending $2 million. We're doing everything we have to, not realizing that there's more to it than there is. And I think it would be interesting, uh, Brian uh, and Randy, if we could find somebody that used to work corporate that now maybe just have their own MSP or they're in the private sector now, whatever the case is, where they give their point of view of how it was in the corporate environment without talking bad about their previous employer, wherever they were, to talk about the hurdles that they've come through. So that way, when our audience is listening to it, it's like, yeah, that sounds like my company that has this type of red tape and things like that, just to kind of see, because we're reading all these statistics and wondering how in the world could a, a huge you know, company with 500 employees have these type of problems, but it'd be interesting to see what, what the IT director of that 500 you know, company had to say about why it is what it is. The, the, yeah, that would be awesome if we could do that. My, my big like, red flag or I don't know I don't know how to put the emotion it makes me feel but the 81 the 81 percent that consider their security to be above average or exceptional doesn't even jive with the 72 percent that had had ransomware in the past 12 months you know and then not the 18 that have 18 percent that have had you know six to ten times or more it doesn't it doesn't add up it doesn't correlate and I wonder if, you know, maybe they really like the person or group that's over their IT. Maybe they speak a lot of big words they don't understand. So they think that 
they're protected or maybe there's, you know, dishonesty. I'm not sure why there's a disconnect. It kind of makes me think of, I think it's like in the first episode of the IT crowd where um, this, this lady is interviewing for the head of the IT department. And he's like, so what experience do you have? And she says, well, I fill out my Facebook page and, you know, I can read my email. And the guy, the guy's eyes glaze over because he doesn't really know what she's talking about. And he's like totally impressed. I really hope that's not going on in the IT world, that people just aren't understanding the language. And then they just think that they're safe when when they're not. This this is really disconcerting. What do you guys think about that that disconnect? I mean, I think it's a problem. And I think there's a lot of disconnects here. Right. Because this guy's saying, you know, budget does not appear to be the issue. Business leaders are willing to devote resources to mature cyber defenses. <clears throat> And then he goes to say, which just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but there's a critical lack of investment in closing risky entry points before cyber criminals can infiltrate corporate networks. Um, that is what cybersecurity is. It's closing risky entry points before cyber criminals can infiltrate corporate networks. So it, you're saying budget doesn't appear to be the issue. But there's a lack of critical. There's a critical lack of investment in in basically doing what cybersecurity is. So the only thing that I think, the only thing that I can think what this means is, companies are are investing in what they think is cybersecurity, and it's not that. It's you know, maybe it's security and awareness training. Maybe it's endpoint protection. Maybe it's a password manager. And maybe you're only doing like one or two of those things in your business. And you're calling that cybersecurity and you're saying we're good. Um, and they're not investing in, in this piece, which is actually looking for vulnerabilities that could cause, uh, you know, a group like Black Matter to move further in your network. Um, but you got to do all this stuff. Right. You got to do it from soup to nuts. You can't just do some of your cybersecurity. You know, it's the proverbial. What door do you want me to leave unlocked or what window do you want me to leave open when I when you're asking me to secure your home? Um, so do you guys agree with that assessment. Do you, do you think that that's where we're at? Like it's like almost like there's one or two tools that CEOs get convinced maybe through marketing, maybe through word of mouth, maybe through a trusted advisor, friend. Um, but they get a false sense of security because they invested in one or two tools uh, around cybersecurity. And that's kind of like, well, I, I feel like I'm doing enough. And, you know, the people, the people that they're relying on, or maybe they're using their own intuition, but, you know, are not telling them the right thing, which is like, you got to do more. You can't, you're not doing enough. Yeah. And I, I think the, um, the IT director or whoever's doing the IT has to take some, uh, has to take a lot of this responsibility, especially for these public companies. They have to blow the horn and say, look, we're not doing things safe. We're doing things more for convenience rather than security. Um, another thing as well is, in our company, in, in all of our companies, we're proactive. We're having meetings with, we're forcing our clients to have meetings with us according to business reviews, monthly reviews, talking about we've done a risk assessment. We're still fine tuning. This is what we're going to be doing in the next three months. I have a feeling these bigger companies, all they're doing is just putting out fires. 
and just putting, just doing the directive of what the C-level people need that month. Hey, we need to integrate this new application. We got to do a rollout and all hands on deck on that, forgetting about the cyber stuff until something happens. Yeah, why not? And then let's just jump into this last article here and we'll wrap it up. But here's just some more statistics. And this is the Treasury Department. Ransomware victims paid $590 million in the first six months of 2021. And that's what we know about, right? So you could probably, I'm going to say that that's only 10% of what's actually been paid. Yeah. yeah, and if you look at the previous year, according to this article, it's $416 million. That last article or two articles ago we were looking at said, upwards of 300, I think 350. Um, it's probably a lot larger, like you said, but but also you can see that it's growing exponentially still. Yeah, it's, you know, you're looking at between January 1 and June 30, 2021, 458 ransomware transactions and 635 suspicious <clears throat> activity reports uh, were reported to FinCEN. And that's up 30% uh, uh, from the entire 2020 calendar year. So in six months, we're up 30% from where we were of all of 2020. And 2020 was no joke. I mean, that, you know, that was when ransomware kind of hit mm -hmm. the map for most people. Um, and, you know, again, these numbers are super low. There's way more ransomware transactions happening than, this 458 in six months there's way more than that so um interesting stuff uh here guys and thanks again for going over this sharing your insight um i think this is important stuff for our people to know about is there any any uh last words you want to leave uh our audience with uh to maybe help them protect themselves and what they can do it is Cybersecurity awareness month still here in october so um Got anything you want to share? Do the basics. Do the basics. I know, right? If you do the basics, you're, you're more than halfway there, according to the reports. All right. So so what are the basics? Sure. So we're talking about doing up, making sure that you have a system in place that does updates. We're talking about your computers and all of your other IoT devices. Two-form factor, if you can check your email or if you can set up your email from your phone, for example, and it there was no secondary alert or something else that you had to do, then that's not the basic. You don't have two-form factor on. That's what I, some of my thoughts on that. Right. Um, some other things, um, and I was going to say every month is Cybersecurity Month, right? right. Um, but also, you know, looking for um, active footholds in the network looking for anomalies in the traffic. Um, there's software out there that you can do that, that you can do that with. Um, I would just recommend hiring somebody. What's that? I would yeah, just exactly. recommend hiring somebody. That is for not sure. something that most people can do on their own. For sure. I mean, I but we're, we are talking about what they should do. So right. you know, that may just be to hire somebody that knows what they're doing. Right. But you know, I don't want people out there thinking that they can go buy some tool and run it on their network and then set it and forget it. And, you know, there's somebody who's, who's trained and knows how to look at the data, knows sure. how to parse it, knows how to zero in on the things that need to be looked at and correlate that with things. 
are all things that cybersecurity professionals learn how to do and are trained to do. And sure, you know, I wouldn't equate that to swapping out a power supply on a computer. So, um, <laughs> you know, there's things that I would recommend people could probably try to do on their own, just like I do, I would say, with cars. You know, you can change your windshield wipers, but, you know, if you're not somebody who's knows what they're doing with cars, I wouldn't be changing my brakes. Um, that's kind of how I look at things. So what else, Randy? Come on. Give me some good stuff. How can I, how can I, how can a business owner I mean, protect himself? You've, you've got to have a firewall. Yes. Good. You've got to have good backups. Um, Let's talk about the firewall. So the firewall that I got from Cox communications, is that not good enough? I mean, it's better than a sharp stick in the eye, but yeah, I mean, it, it does some stuff, but by by firewall, I'm talking about um, your traffic is monitored. Your your it's watching for intrusions. It's only allowing you to go to what you've uh, previously allowed, um, where everything else is blocked. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that goes that goes so far. Just even even having that, which right. is loud only traffic. So, yeah, yeah and part of like. One of the things that, you know, a business owner might not care about or understand, but it's important if you get if you're dealing with ransomware and you really want to prevent these things is those routers that are given to you by your cable company do not have the security and the things built into them. So I guess, you know, to boil this down, um, if you're not paying for a subscription in your business for your firewall, if you haven't gotten a if you're not aware of a subscription or a renewal fee for your firewall maybe on an annual basis maybe you're paying for it monthly um you probably are not using a next gen or a a threat managed device you're probably just using some dumb device that's leaving you susceptible right um so everyone here agrees with me, right? That we all pay for some kind of subscription to the firewalls that we implement for our clients because there's security that needs to be maintained and updated on these firewalls, right? And every business owner should be knowledgeable to the fact that if, you know, that they should be paying something for these firewalls on a reoccurring basis, whether it's monthly or annually. And if you're not, that's a red flag for you you should go talk to somebody who's in charge of your IT and ask them because uh, maybe you do have a firewall that has the capabilities, but you're not renewing the license and it's expired. And that's as good as having a doorstop as your firewall. Mm -hmm. So and we're um, not just talking about the, the literal actual firewall device that's in your communications or server closet or whatever you call it, mm -hmm. but also a software firewall that would be on the devices in your network that you're, that you are protecting. Yeah. So I think people are used to like antivirus or endpoint protection, paying a monthly fee for that. Right. Um, but you know, business owners should be aware that there's a monthly fee on these security devices that you're putting in as well. And if you're not aware of that, or maybe, maybe it's included with the, the company that you work with, um, you know, shameless plug, it would be if you work with my company. Um, but, you know, there should be some kind of awareness around that. Like you should know that as part of your 
managed service offering that you're getting from your IT company that they're providing you with a managed firewall and that the fee for that, you know, license for that firewall is built into their service plan. So um, there's a lot of different ways it can work, but it's, it's important to ask the question. So, all right, boys, thank you so much. Anything else we want to, uh, we want to add before we uh, end the broadcast? Nope, I'll see some of you guys next week in person. Ah, yeah. Have fun. I got to <laughs> go to New York this week, and I can't be away next week, so sorry. All right. All right, boys. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Have a good one. All right.